It's the Off Duty On Duty Podcast, episode number 84. I'm your host, Brian. Welcome to the podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. The Off Duty On Duty Podcast, we take topics relevant to today's gun owners and we tackle them from the perspective of everyday concealed carriers and the perspective of on-duty law enforcement officers to give you both angles of discussion. Today, I am joined by one Mr. John Dobb. And we're going to talk about minimum competency standards for the concealed carrier. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our latest sponsor, KSG Armory. KSG Armory uh, is a manufacturer of Kydex holsters. They are professional-grade Kydex, handcrafted right here in the USA. Available for most concealed carry firearms, a large variety of them. They're purpose-built one at, one at a time. These dudes are making them, hand-making them right here. They're all Enigma-compatible. And uh, a little FYI, they, they do have the original Filster holsters uh, molds. So it's kind of a cool little side note. Lots of customization options, DCC clips, wing claws, etc., Check them out at ksgarmory.com. As always, EDC Belt Company and CCW Safe. If you want to save 10% off your membership, go type code OFFDUTY10 at checkout and get 10% off your membership. We're live with John Dobb, your first time on the Off Duty On Duty podcast, a podcast for cops and concealed carriers alike. Uh, <laughs> Uh, John and I did not meet at TACCON 2019. That's <laughs> you're right. No, it was 20. Yeah, it was 21 actually. Yeah, we, we conversed and stuff. We have conversed and you know here and there's online. I think that's what it is. Is that we've had interaction. But I think the first like I could actually shake your hand. I think was it was was last year in 21. I think. Yeah, at the shoot at the 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 match, the side match. Cause I think you were on the relay after me or something when we were talking something about like it. That. There was, I think there was class. Thing. I don't know. Just, I don't know. We were some, we were somewhere on a range shooting stuff. And, and <laughs> it stood out that you had a Slayer shirt on, I think is yeah, maybe that, a Slayer that shirt. Maybe had this Crozier conformity shirt. I don't know. One of my heavy metal shirts. It, it was. Right? And I was like, okay, I, I automatically like that guy. And, uh, <laughs> But uh, at the time, it seemed like you were shooting a G nineteen yeah. or something. And I was, I was shooting. Uh, I, then I think I was shooting. I think I was shooting an MMP, whatever, an MMP nine M two dot four inch compact, whatever. I think that's that, that when I was shooting. Then yeah, yeah. And uh, then this year, um, I saw you were shooting a three sixty five in a uh-huh. like a Filster Enigma, and uh-huh. I was like. Man, I've seen that dude shoot like a, a, a like a service size gun or a mid service size gun, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a bold move. And then <laughs> I started, yeah, I mean, nothing against it. It's just I was like, oh no, man, sure. that's that's like really like okay, I I know right. how to do this now. Let's make it substantially harder. Uh, right. Well, I mean, it's really just you know, I I uh, it's actually funny, you know, just pre-show we were ch- chatting a little bit about, you know, uh, Tom Givens and range master instructor stuff. And what happened was it was actually back in, in 2019, Tom, uh, rolled out the first, uh, range master. Well, actually he rolled it out in 2018, a full year ahead of the class. And it sold out in like five hours of the first range master, master instructor, uh, certification course. And so I got into that one 
Okay. And uh, had a had a host whole host of characters in there. Uh, let's see, I can remember who was in there. Like Ed Monk, uh, John Korea, uh, Kirk Clark. There was Chuck Haggard, uh, Tim Reedy, uh, Bill Armstrong, uh, Kenneth Grafton, um, Brandon LaBeouf. There's a whole just I'm there's no like, I know I'm forgetting. I apologize for her also forgetting on that. But it was a, it was a, it was an excellent class. And but Tom was like, you need to have a small gun. Okay. Uh, cause he would do small gun stuff. And so I had actually just like gotten rid of like, you know, I, except for like a couple of like interesting little novelties, like an NA guardian, you know, um, right. uh, I had, yeah, I, I didn't have anything that was like really suitable. And then I was like, well, let me look around and see what there is to buy. And I heard about this magical new little thing, you know, wonder gun called the, you know, P365. And I was like, Oh, so that form factor, that many rounds. Yeah. You're kidding me. Right. So I got it. And actually I ended up having a whole like saga of like failure, um, uh, there was a range master instructor reunion just like later in like early in 2019. And I thought, well, what a great place to kind of like, you know, push this 365 through its paces. Let's have a nice full weekend of shooting with a whole bunch of other instructor level people, range master people, people, you know, you're going to push you and do all this stuff. Great. It was beautiful. We go up and the first thing I'm in the first relay, the first thing, the first shot, the first, everything of the day. And, uh, I forget exactly what course of fire we were doing. And, um, it starts like, Three yards, you know, draw, fire three strong hands, switch hands, three weak hand, right? So I beep, draw, boom, boom, boom. And as I pull the gun back to switch to my other hand, I see that my slide is locked open. And yeah, there's like a failure to extract or whatever exactly. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm, it's the first, you know, the first swing of the weekend and I'm out. Great. Um, and the whole thing basically turned into after going through round and round and round and round a bunch of times with SIG, uh, that they eventually just sent me a whole brand new gun because something was just wrong with that one. And then I had to put it on the shelf because I had other things coming up like the actual instructor class and I had Gabe White coming up. Uh, so I just put it all aside. But then um, what ended up happening was I decided eventually, like, you know, I kind of want to carry this thing because um, it there is, you know, it just for me and my body and the way that it was, there was something that was, it just, it just worked a little nice. I'm like, well, let me see what I can do with this gun in terms of carry. Cause it's like, it's crazy that you get, like when you put the, the XL grip module on it, you're like 12 rounds, just if it's a flush fit and 15 and out of that form factor. And wow, that's really great. So I decided to just keep trying it. And so, yeah, you know, I, uh, at, at TACCON, yeah, I just, <laughs> Decided to just, you know, just shoot that in the match. And that's what I've been shooting. And that's what I'm working with because that's what I want to carry. I think I ought to strive to try to be proficient with it. Yeah. Which, um, this may sound strange, but that caught my attention because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that they train with a gun. They, you know, and then you, you see them take off their, their G17, G34, whatever it is. And they, right. they go to the car and they put on a, a you know, a G19, a G26, or they're like, oh, well, that's what I carry. And they throw I'm like, the J frame in their pocket and they're like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, you've spent all this effort and time out here. And I understand it like at a, a foundational level, like, okay. Yeah. I mean, a- there, there's a place for that. Like, cause, cause I certainly think, you know, we see that all the time at care training and people, you know, they'll want to shoot a different gun than they carry. And like, to some extent I can jive with it because it's, it's, 
if you're able to learn the concepts, mm-hmm. right? Like I'd rather you make sure that you can learn the concepts today and not be, usually what happens is they have a gun that has a problem. They're getting frustrated by the small gun or the this, the whatever. It's just problem, problem, problem. And they frustrated and they can't learn. So they're like, well, swap like here, borrow one of our guns here. So then we give them a nice full size, whatever. And then suddenly everything comes together. They're happy. It's they're getting success. And then it's like, great. Now you can focus on learning and then later right. you can go on, you know, on dealing with the, 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 the difficulties that come with like smaller guns and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So I, I can get it, but you're right. It's like, dude, if it's what you're good, like, I mean, and so I can get it for a class, but it's like, still, you need to try to demonstrate some level of competency mm-hmm. and you need to make sure that you not only can perform, but have the confidence in knowing that you can actually perform with that. Otherwise it's like, you know, if you're barely eking by with that G17 and now you think like, you know, you're going to pull out that, you know, the 43 (laughs) and, you know, make it go like, well, you know, maybe. Well, it it spoke to me for a couple of reasons, like, especially we were shooting in Dobbs class, me and you and Dave and some other guys were on the line together. And, and I was, I was kind of paying attention because my business partner looks at me and he goes, he goes, man, that reminds me of you. And I'm like, what, why, what, I mean, what, what triggered that, you know? And he said, he said, well, you're carrying the gun you carry at work. You're just like working your life around it. Right. And, right. uh, cause I dove off into the G 45 rabbit hole, the modern Colt commander, <laughs> as I call it. Right. Right. And boat off the rack. It's got a set of sights on it. Right. And right. I've, okay. I, I just committed to, Hey, instead of having a gun, I carry at work and a gun I carry when I'm off work, I'm going to make them one in the same. And I'm going to work my yeah. lifestyle and my holsters yeah. and my, all that around that for at least a year. And I kind of was like, well, John's over here doing the exact same thing for a gun he carries every day. And I'm like, cool. That's, um, so that, that kind of got my attention, spoke to me a little bit. And then I, I dialed into your, your YouTube, uh, little venture there. (laughs) And, uh, you were shooting some of the minimum competency standards, right? Uh, that that well, was one of the pieces that I caught in that, right? There's a few. There's a few things that I've got. Yeah. There's um, so <laughs> so I just to back up a little bit. So for for one random reason or other, suddenly I got this like wild hair to like say, hey, you know what? I think I should just make a YouTube channel. And you know, um, not that I'm you know going to be anywhere uh, near any heights of anything, but I just felt like it's a, it's a place for me to be able to put things out and actually have people consume it. Uh, if they want to, cause like I tried, I tried for a little bit. Cause like personally, like I prefer Instagram because I just like pictures of cats and, you know, and, and fitness people like lifting weights and stuff all day long. Um, so like Instagram is great for me, but so I originally did a series, uh, called it's cold drill time again, which is all about like, literally like here, let's come in, let's shoot a cold drill and see, you know, we can learn from it and so forth. And I did that on, on Instagram through like stories and things like that and Instagram TV that they had. But that all like went away and it didn't really get much traction. So I recently just extracted all those things and I put them up on this YouTube channel that I have now. Uh, but then I think the thing that you're probably referring to is that the exploration of the red dot uh, work a little bit. And then in that shooting them in competency assessment stuff, right? Right. Yeah. That. Okay. It was that, that format. Cause I think you had okay. kind of dove off into the red dot rabbit hole with uh, yeah, the 365. I, I believe it was. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, what, what I was carrying for the longest time, actually, all the way up through PatCon this year, so back in March, 
was I was carrying a sort of a Franken P365. So it was like, you know, the P365s, you know, fire control unit. It had a, uh, at the time, a Wilson Combat XL size grip module. But I had a P365, so the short three inch slide, because mm-hmm. it was the only slide that I had that actually had, that was 365 and that had iron sights on it. So I was actually shooting, I guess they call it now like the 365X, you know, mm-hmm. the, the long grip, short uh, 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 barrel thing. And that's what I was shooting. And, and I shot, you know, that through TACCON and all that and shot the match with it and so forth. And then, um, but then after that, I realized like, you know, I've been wanting to keep poking at this red dot thing and see, cause my eyes ain't getting any younger. And, <laughs> yeah. And, I felt that uh, statement right there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and I decided like, you know, I don't have anything this year that actually is highly pressing for me to have to pursue. Like, you know, Oh, there's a, you know, Gabe white class or actually, if you want to know the sick part, Gabe white is coming here to KR I think in uh, September, late September, early October. And I've signed up to take a class. And I'm going to take it with the P365 XL uh, with the red dot and just see what I can do. I know it's kind of machistic or whatever, uh, but hey, I get to do something under the watchful eye of Gabe White. And why would I say no to that? Right. Because um, about learning it. So, yeah, so I took that. So after this, I decided, well, this is the time to start digging into it. I had an XL length slide that had uh, from the factory a dot cut that got a Holosun or 507K, uh, put it on there. And I've been struggling with it ever since. Yeah. <laughs> and and to your point, just to bring it to that, is one of the things that I shot was that I've in my study and research on the notion of minimum competency for defensive pistol. Uh, one of the things I actually just uh, debuted back here at uh, the TACCON 22 was this notion of a minimum competency assessment, uh, a course of fire, 25 round course of fire that's attempting to. I guess provide some sort of a quantification of a notion of minimum competency and what it actually might be. I am not at all saying this is, or some gospel truth. I am merely trying to explore. And this is a manifestation of the exploration. Uh, It's holding up decently, but then like what I figured is like, you know, it's not meant to be a gear check, but like, Hey, if I can't shoot this red dot gun and, you know, to a degree, a level of minimum competency, uh, that tells me something or like, you know, just like we were saying earlier with people who have the big guns in class and they go and carry a little gun around the place. Like, well, that's cool. But can you still like, are you still minimally competent with that little gun? And like I said, this isn't meant to be a gear check, but it is, you know, shooting necessarily involves using gear. So you need to be able to perform with the gear. So, you you know, it's not just that you got to perform, it implies performing with the gear. So, this could be a way of doing that. And so that's, yeah, that's what I started trying to do in the video. And I do need to get back to doing that, but yeah. So that's, that's the story behind uh, what you saw. Yeah. And I liked that there wasn't, you know, 47 edited takes on, I kind of botched that. Um, Nope. And the minimum competency standard. So when did that start and what was it like, (laughs) like what started that exploration? I mean, you've mentioned it a little bit, but. Sure. So what it was, was that, uh, so I guess this would have been, Oh, however this go, this probably went back to, it was probably about 2010. And of course it, you know, once again, it involves Tom Givens and I had, I had taken a class with him called combative pistol two, And this would have been, yeah, in 2010. And I learned about some really interesting things there, like the importance of the first shot, 
Uh, it's where I started with this notion of that you don't talk about misses. You talk about unacceptable hits um, because it hits something. You don't hit and you don't miss. You always hit. It's just whether that hit is acceptable or not. Right. And having that, because again, because words matter, you know, and they shape and they form how we think and approach things. I think it's, there's, there's value and merit in that. But then what happened was um, around, I don't know exactly what it was. It was around 2012, 2014. It was a certain time where I worked for a, a software company that was in a, in, in Austin. And I was there in, it was one of the few times I've actually worked in an office as opposed to being, I've been like a remote worker for like almost 20 years. So it's one of the few times I, tied a, I took a hiatus and actually went and worked in the office for a couple of years. I was across the street having lunch. And a lady came up to me and she recognized me and she went like, oh, okay, look, I just, she wanted to tell me she, she just got her carry license. And she's very proud and she wanted to show me her target and all this stuff. And when she came up and showed me that picture of her target, she, it just looked like, you know, it was a big B-27 target and it looked like I got hit by a shotgun blast, you know? Right. And, and I didn't, this is not, please do not take this as any kind of, you know, you know, throwing shade or any kind of, you know, harsh thing against this woman. I think what she did was fantastic. She was starting her journey and she hit a significant milestone. And that's asked something to, to celebrate and to be proud of. What happened was that it just hit me later. I was like, Hmm, you know, I sat there and I thought to myself, you know, this really isn't sufficient, right? Like, I know you think you got something, but it's not sufficient. And so like, if I'm going to sit there and say to myself, well, this isn't sufficient, that implies there's some line of, that, of sufficiency, right, that you can come to that defines sufficiency. And, you know, what is that line? So what is it that we really need to have in terms of skill? Like, do you really need to know how to, like, do you really need to know how to, like, or the ability to, uh, you know, draw off a good seal minute and shoot out the X ring of a BA to 25 yards in a second and a half, right? Do you really need that skill? Do you need a sub-second draw? I don't know. I mean, I have data starting to point in certain directions, but it's like, if that's the question, it's like, do you need those skills? Because if you do, that's fine. But we should just know that and have, you know, good evidence to back that up. Because the thing that, that I always consider in this is, yeah, we want to make sure, I want people to make sure they have a realistic understanding of their skill, not the, oh yeah, because you've seen the bravado of, yeah, I can do this. Okay, let's put you on a timer. Oh, I really can't. Let's put you on a target. Oh, I really can't, right? Yeah, what's a timer? That's usually what happens, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you have that, it's like, I want people to just have a realistic understanding. Even if that understanding is, I suck. Well, I think it's, it's, it's better to know for a fact that you suck and like you can't do something than to think you can and then somehow risk making a problem worse, you know, or it just gets you, it costs you your life, right? Right. So, and the other part is like one of the tensions that we have over at care training, you know, Carl Wren, Carl, Carl's, you know, he's often talked about the 1%, right? And how to get people to, tra- you know, people who train are like, you know, of all the gun owners are like 1% are people who actually like train and, or go beyond rather the state minimum and stuff like that. Well, how do we get people to do and make that 2% or 3% or get more people to do that? Cause it's, but it's a tension because if you set the bar too high, people aren't going to, they're like, I can't achieve that. I can't do that. Right. And when you also have to think that, you know, people have jobs, 
They might have two jobs. They might have kids who now need, you know, babysitting. They're, you know, a, you know, divorced and remarried. So now they got multiple kids and multiple shuffling and got to move. You know, you know, life is what it is, right? And or you've got time and money and everybody's got limits. There's only so much you can do. So do we want to make? It's like it's weird. It's like I don't want to lower a bar to make people think that that means a low standard that we should have low standards. Low, a minimum does not is not a synonym for low. You know, the floor can be, you know, Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson kind of high if we really want it to be that way, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. But it just means, though, that like, but we need to define, but there's a point, like if you look at it in a continuum, if you could say someone's like highly qualified, there's a point where you can still someone say is, well, low qualified, qualified, but they just made it in or whatever, right? But if you define that standard well enough, qualified, but still just barely making it in is still good, right? Right. So what is that? So that we can give people something that's realistic to achieve, that balances realistic to achieve, but gives you real, you know, skills and knowledge of your skills and assessment of your skills that gives you a decent, you know, fighting chance of making it through. And that's kind of what this is all about, where it's it's a hard tension and it's very easy to misunderstand because people don't look at minimum and think low and crappy. And it's not that. It's about understanding there's a continuum and finding the right balance between realistic actual and balancing the realities of people's lives. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something that I've contended with, with, you know, teaching open enrollment classes. It's, uh, and Carl was really the first guy I heard speak to that point was like, Hey, you know, people Mm -hmm. have lives and kids and, you know, if they're going to come train with me, maybe, maybe dad's not in the stands for juniors ball game that weekend. Like, you know, you're, you're taking a, you're taking okay. not only their money, but you're taking their time and you need to be a good steward yeah. of that. Right. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Excellent. Excellent word. Good steward. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that, uh, so with that kind of mm-hmm. balance, um, you do, you've, you've had this work in progress called minimum competency <laughs> standards. And when I heard that, yeah. I didn't immediately think low bar. What I thought was practical, Right. That, that yeah. just came yeah, to my sure. mind. Like what is practical that I could go to the range with 25, 50 rounds and an right. hour of my day. That's, you know, the 15 minute drive, the, the five minute setup shoot and the right. drive home kind of stuff. Right. Right. Or, you know, the person who's like, you know, you're able to get like, I can get, you know, I got an hour lunch break. I can run down to the range, throw a box of ammo down the range and scoot back and be back in time for, you know, to work. Yep. And you, you know, is there something that they could, cause like this assessment, it, I, it's not meant to be, if you will, a training program, but by nature of it, because especially like it has a lot of redundancy and repetition of like the draw to first, I know some people call it draw to first shot. I've been calling it draw to first acceptable hit because I don't think a shot, I think acceptable hits a little more clear. We want acceptable hits. We don't want just shots. Right. Right. As Tom likes to say, it's like, yeah, you shoot him down there in the fat roll. Yeah, it was a shot. Yeah, it was a hit, but was it acceptable? Not really. Right? Did it do anything other than hurt? Right. You know? But see, right. So like the fact that there's actually a lot of that redundancy built in because there's a larger emphasis on that skill. If, if really, and, and actually this is a bit of a, a feedback I got from Carl as I was working through the permutations of this assessment course of fire. Carl was like, here, trim it down to 25 rounds. And now someone could run it twice, 50 round box. You know, they could run it twice. And while it's not necessarily a true practice session, literally for many people, if all they ever did was try to shoot this 
even if it's just like, yep, I shot it, cleaned it, great. You know, and that's all they managed to do. There's a maintenance level and demo- demonstration level and a confidence of like, yep, I walked in cold, did that, walked out. You know, that's that's a that's a that's a good session, really, in in, in some respects. You know what I mean? If that's all you got, yeah. And is it time spent with with some of that redundancy? Is it is it designed to ex- maybe expose? Yes, a, a shortcomings. Yes, uh, well, sort of. It's this is this is inspiration from Claude Warner. Um, you've you've probably heard of the five by five drill, mm-hmm. right? Five, I just say say five x five five by five, and that came from Gila Hayes. You know, it's the five shots in five yard at five yards into a five inch circle of five seconds, uh, kind of thing uh, from the ready. And the thing that was interesting was Gila designed that as a gun fit thing, not as a necessarily a shooting test. It's like does the gun fit? But it's still a really it's still a really deceptively hard thing to do. Well, Claude added a uh, a variation to it of you know, five shots, five yards, five inch circle, five seconds, and repeat it for a total of five times. So 25 rounds there. And the reason Claude, and he calls it the five hat five, which is the carrot. So like on your mm-hmm. keyboard, you shift six, the carrot, little arrow, up arrow thing, uh, five hat five. And, uh, but Claude's reason behind that is it makes sure that you just didn't get lucky. Because you can do that five times and have the focus and the concentration and make sure all this, it is much more likely that you are achieving this because of skill, not luck. Because you do it once, you can just get lucky, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what it is. And so that's part of like a, a little inspiration for this is understanding that there's, that there is uh, value in that redundancy and that repetition because yeah, it's making sure, are you really doing it or did you just get lucky? Yeah. You this know? There's a, there's a mountain of those exercises out there. And, and, uh, you know, people that I've mentored over the years, I'll break up like the test on a B eight and say, okay, we're going to do five rounds at five yards. And then we're going to do five rounds at 10 yards and we're going to do it cold. And that's all we're going to do today. And, uh, and the Jedi mind trick that I put in that is certain (laughs) days I go, okay, we're going to do a 10 round cold exercise. And then we're going to, you know, assess it and call it a day. Okay. And then I go, all right, load up with another 10. We're going to see if you can do that again. And it's like, uh, oh, well, I had all the concentration for it that time. And uh, now my, so yeah, instructors, write that down. That's a real fun one. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a fun little thing to do people. Yes. The Obi-Wan drill, right? Let me ask you when, when, when you do that with the students, how does it, how, I mean, obviously they, they freak out a little bit. How do, how do they end up performing on that? I'm curious. Generally within just a couple of points, plus or minus. Um, okay. So and generally and, about the same. Yeah. Now, if they're fairly new and they pull mm-hmm. a 90% plus on that mm-hmm. and that, you know, they're breaking their arm, patting themselves on the back uh, right. because it's the first time they've ever done that. You go, all right, get, get 10 more rounds. And it's, and it's an implosion and it's, it's uh, not because sure. um, no. they don't possess that skill. It's the, I've never achieved that, so I don't have the confidence to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that that's kind of what I've I've seen with that. I mean, I've seen them go as you know, break a ninety right. and then digress to a, a, a sub seventy on yeah. that, and it's like, uh, hey, oh. we've all had those days, right? And and that's good yeah. uh, because we only learn through repeated and demoralizing failures. So failures. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. The. Uh, 
but either way, the, the minimum competency assessment, um, one of the things I appreciated was you're shooting the gun you carry all the time. And it's maybe not necessarily the easiest platform to shoot. Uh, and you're not putting up the, well, look, I did it. And there's an edit. And then yeah, no. 30 minutes later no when the sun's in a different spot. Cool. Okay. So phase two, I did that one. And it's like, how many hundreds of rounds oh. did you spend to do that? They're all cold. Yeah. And it's like, it's all cold. this is John Dobb. And this is when, okay, I whiffed one here. And I'm like, finally, you don't see that on the gram. Right. You know, no. Yeah. That's well, that's always got me that, that, that level of authenticity really matters. And I know it was a big, like it, it actually came from when I started with the, it's cold drill time stuff, which is kind of funny because when I just re, you know, capped the series and moved it from Instagram over to YouTube, uh, one of the things I kind of talked about, like I didn't redo the videos. I was like, I don't have the time for that. But when I created the description text for all the YouTube videos, I talked about some of the production thoughts that went into it. And a big production thought was, no, this is all legit. Like it's going to be truly the first thing that I do. If I screw up, I screw up. If I botch it, I botch it. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't want, I want to make it all one take. You know, the only edits at the time that I did was like, at the beginning and the end, just lopping off, you know, like, okay, start record. <sighs> okay. Breathe, relax. Who find your center. Great. Ready. And, you know, so I cop off that first 20 seconds of me, like, you know, whatever. And then at the end, but that's only edit that I would allow myself to do is, is that. And now with like the, the new stuff I can like, if there's administrative stuff like here, I have to walk back, check this, reset this, check the timer. Check, I'll just speed it up, but I still won't cut you know, to yeah. try to make it a little more watchable. But that's the thing. It's like, I want to put myself out there with all the warts because I think it's really important. Like for me, I have a fondness for teaching beginners and intermediates, not just because like, obviously that's a lot of the business that we get, but there's, there's something really, I guess, I don't know, important and really fulfilling in teaching beginners, helping people take those first steps because you're setting the stage for, the rest of their life, right? There's a lot of responsibility and a lot of gravity. And you, you touched on that earlier about, you know, that importance of it. And so um, I think it's important for them to see the, the, the humanness in this, that everything isn't perfect. I think it's just social media in general. It's like, look, I'm going to put all the ugly out there. I'll let you see, you know, yep, I stunk. Yep, I blew it. But, you know, if, if people want to know, it's like, you know, I know that I've got, you know, trinkets on my wall of a gay white light pin and, you know, a complete combatant purple patch. And, you know, I've, I've got the, you know, the, you know, I finished what I finished top 20 in the TACCON 2021 ish, you know, match. Yeah. I finished worse than that last year, but there was a lot of emotional whatnot that was going on that like, it was just, it was the kind of thing that I was like, well, I'm not happy with my performance, but after all the emotional roller coaster that I just went through, it just happened. And I still performed like descended, and I, but I still performed at a very high level. I'll take that. That's a good sign of, you know, high performance. So like I got all the trinkets, so I got to worry about it. I'll put myself out there and show people. It's like, cause I think it was Jeff Gonzalez said a great thing. He's like about demos and doing demos in front of classes. Like, yeah, I'll mess up every once in a while. And you know what the thing is every once in a while, even a monkey falls out of a tree. Right. <laughs> so it's a great line from Jeff. And, but that's the thing. It's like, I want people to see that. I want them to see that it's not perfect, that it's okay to make mistakes, you know, that it's okay to completely, I mean, this happened just a couple weeks ago. Um, end of class. We had some students who needed to reshoot the care training three segments or less test. 
um, I asked, hey, Carl, can I jump on the line? Because I'm still trying to get used to that red dot, right? And literally the whole time, all I kept saying to myself is, where's the freaking dot? Where's the dot? Where's the dot? You know, just struggle, struggle, struggle. I failed the test miserably. And there were even two students who I had just finished teaching in class that decided to stay behind and they sat there, you know, behind, you know, the arms crossed, right? Let's see how good this dude is, right? And I failed it. And most people would be like, oh my gosh, you look bad in front of a student. I'm like, no, I look human <laughs> yeah. in front of a student. I had uh, the last conference I taught at, you know, my AI is standing, dear mm-hmm. friend of mine, we trained together and, and it's, it, it's a crapshoot daily as to who could best who on whatever, right? you know, sure. it's, it's one of those kind of situations and yeah. we were shooting a little accuracy drill at the end and somebody mm-hmm. piped up and they're like, well, are you two guys going to shoot it? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course, while all of you all are watching. And right. we did, and he laid the leather to me, man. It was ugly. <laughs> and I turned around, I turned around, I holstered my gun, and I'm like, yeah, you got me. And every student in there was like, man, that was really cool. And I'm like, yeah, find a training buddy like that. Because, uh, see, there you go. You know, and, and then throughout the weekend, it was just kind of a back and forth. But what they saw was, you know, after shooting like several perfect demos, we go, you know, in a little bit of pressure and some heat and all that, like, yeah. Hey, I'm just as human as the rest of you all. Yep. It, it, it happens, you know? Um, yep. so, and I, I've heard different varying opinions on demoing in front of students. And I have always found like, I get as much value from whiffing a shot as I, or, oh, yeah. you know, making an unacceptable hit as I do from <laughs> making a, uh, you know, cutting the X out of a, a BA. Oh, yeah. It's like. Uh, they kind of expect that they don't expect the guy to be fallible and human over here. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, especially when you're developing a long-term relationship with your students or, you know, or with clients and really is the way to look at it, your relationship, like if you're going to, you know, well, I should say this, it's like, you're trying to develop a long-term relationship. You're trying to have, it's not just, you came, you showed up for four hours, you left and we never see you again. Right. Like we want to see you back again. Some of, you know, we, we want to see you coming back. We want to see you growing. We want to see you on your journey, right? Yeah. And understanding that, like, even for us, like, you know, I know that, you know, I know how it is. Like, you know, we want the instructor to be capable. and But there's some, but, like, perfection is not necessarily a manifestation of capability. Not at, Oh, that's that's a nugget. I think, uh, yeah, yeah write just, that down. Uh. <laughs> well, we've got it on, I just recorded here. I'm trademarking that, and I'm going to make T-shirts later, so. Um <laughs> Now, can you say it again? Uh, cold? No, I'm kidding. No, I can't. That's the thing. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm glad it's recorded. Um, but no, it's is it perfection is not necessarily a manifestation of, of of capability, and and the lack of perfection is also not the same. But because you can tell, like I mean, you've probably been in classes and you've been around enough that you've seen people that like you know that they're not perfect, but you know that they've got it going on, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can see that even despite their imperfections, it's, it doesn't shatter your, your, you know, your, your confidence in them or your belief in them or your expectation of they are, you know, of their expertise, right? Yeah. It's not diminished. Right. And you can tell, cause you can tell if someone's like a charlatan and really just, you know, doesn't deserve it. And you can tell if they're speeding up their IG videos and whatever kind of junk like that. Right. Um, so you can tell. So that's why. I, I've learned to just not get bent out of shape over. I mean, yes, we've all got our egos, right? Um, but I'd rather not whip it. But you're right. Sometimes you learn far more from whipping it than you do from being great. And I had this uh, this magic little like 
nugget come to me it while I was teaching and I, I, I made a less than acceptable hit and I, you know, and I kind of hear this collective, like, huh, you know, behind (laughs) me. And I turn around, I go, yeah, when I pressed the trigger, the sights were just slightly out of the notch. I got on a little too fast. I said, you know, the difference between somebody that's learning and somebody that has a, a real command mastery of this is I know exactly when and why I met, why I made that as opposed to looking down there and going, I have no idea how that happened. I said that that's that's kind of the finite line there that I see with people that are very proficient. I'm not like Mm -hmm. patting myself on the back too much. It's just, but yeah, but you're proficient. You you have a degree of degree of proficiency. So yeah. And, and that was, that that was kind of the divider was like, you know, somebody that's a a real student is going to get to a point and go, Oh man, I have an ugly one down there. And somebody right. that's got the command grasp of it is going to go, yeah, the third shot on the first string on my off gun uh-huh. hand, I pressed the trigger this time and the sights were here. That's where yeah. that came from 30 shots ago. Or Right. Th- yeah. yeah. Right. So. And you know what to do. So. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's, it's all, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So. I just, I think. I, okay. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, what, oh, what do you, uh, what's your plans for this minimum competency assessment? Are is it, is it published? Is it something you're going to publish? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 It's uh, so uh, I have a, a, so there's uh well, I'll put it this way. So in 2019, Carl Wren and I wrote a book uh, called strategies and standards for defensive handgun training. And it's a print book. You can get a copy of that book off of the caretraining.com website. You can contact us there. You can also get it off Amazon if you just want to buy it direct, or you can like, you know, hit us up directly and we can like sell you like an autographed copy or whatever. I know people like that. Uh, so we have that. And what happened was <laughs> it was funny when that book was, was created because it was like one day Carl hits me up and he's like, so all that work you did uh, writing about minimal competency, um, get it all together. We're going to write a book. I'm like, we're doing what? <laughs> <laughs> What? Okay, sure. Because I had written about uh, the minimum competency stuff originally back 2013. Uh, I published it to my blog, and um, which was just blog.soy.hsoi.com. So HSOI, that's my like online handle thing. Um, and we did that. And then what happened was some, I've had, you know, so it's, if you want, uh, probably one of the best places to get started on reading about the minimum competency and like what it all is, is to actually read the book. Because the book has some of the original writings plus some expanded uh, stuff into it as well. Uh, but then, uh, starting about, I've been thinking about a lot of things. And then, really, during 2021, uh, I had really spent some time diving deeper and refining and revisiting the tenets of the minimum competency stuff. And that's like where like, I realized that, uh, like, draw to first acceptable hit skill is really i think it's 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 not it's a crucial part i think of the the minimum competency uh and doing that and so i started thinking about more and the notion hit me about an assessment and so i have a ebook so it's a free basically a pdf that you can download uh which it's called drills qualifications standards and tests and uh, it's literally started off as just a personal collection of like all my favorite drills or my drills that I hate, but are, you know, good for me to shoot uh, <laughs> just so I can have it like, you know, as a PDF on my phone. So when I go to the range. I have an easy reference. Right. 
And yeah. then, yeah. And so I, I, it turned into like, let's make it into a whole like thing, compiling these together. And I put a bunch of writing in the beginning, just talking about drills and how people can do stuff and shoot stuff. So, but uh, just a couple months ago in May, I released a significant update to the drills, qualification standards and test ebook uh, that contains all of this uh, updated thinking on minimal competency. So it doesn't like rehash all the original stuff. If you want to see the original stuff, go get the, the uh, strategies and standards book. But this is a new thing. This is, this is like a continuation of thinking. It presents this minimum competency assessment. The actual course of fire is in there. Uh, and then it all breaks down my reasoning and my philosophy of like, here's why the part times are what they are. Here's why it's these distances. Here's why it's this many shots into this target area and whatever. But it's not, again, not meant as a definitive end statement. It is meant as a way to try to have a manifestation of the theoretical. Uh, and I am very, very still open to discussion and whatnot. So if people are curious to this, again, just they can go to the caretraining.com website. Uh, there's a link there. You just like, you know, fill out the little form join the care training mailing list, and then we'll send you the link uh, to download this free PDF and all that. It's over like a hundred pages now of stuff, lots of drills. And it's all free. Just like I said, just, you know, uh, 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 just sign up on the mailing list there. Just go to the website and you can get it and you can read all the joyful about it. And then yes. And I'll say this, if people do go to the range and shoot this, uh, if they'd love to drop me a line and let them know how they did, uh, I'd love to know that. I'd love to know little bits of data, like, you know, so how do you self-assess yourself as a shooter, you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced? Do you do it for a living? Are you just a private citizen? Give me some idea of like where you are and then tell me how you did and like, what were you shooting? And, you know, why was it different for you? Did you, I normally carry a G19, but today I was shooting the G26 or something, right? Yeah. Like, I'd love to know all that because it helps me start to better like collect some data and solidify like, is this really on the right track? Is this really getting us somewhere? And so far, data has been holding up pretty decently. So, well, it must be something in the water down there in Austin with you and Carl and data points because you two guys <laughs> seem to do that really well. People ask me about, well, what 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 data do you have to back that up? And I'm like, oh, I just did it. Like, uh, right. it's good enough, right? <laughs> no, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, my friend, my, my, my brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, uncles, third cousin once told me this thing. Right. 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 Well, so uh, let's say a uh, listener wants to, to get, they go on the KR website, they sign up for that. Uh, how would you prefer they contact you? Oh, whatever way is convenient. I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook uh, I've got a page. There's a, I have a page on Facebook. They contact me through that. My private, like my personal on Facebook, I, I will say that like, I'm at a point where I'm like trying to keep that to people that I've at least somehow met in meet space. And I at least right. have some idea of who you are as opposed to rando. Hi, rando stranger. I'm like, yeah, well, but like, I've got a public page there. I'm public on Instagram. Uh, I have, you know, the websites and there's email and that's all fine. Just don't call me. Cause you know, I don't like talking on the phone cause I'm one of those kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, seriously, like email is fine. You know, like I said, if, if you're an instant, you know, and you're on Facebook and you want to send me a messenger message, that's fine. Or Instagram, you want to send me Instagram messages. That's fine. Whatever, you know, generally convened for people. I'm, you know, there is fine. Well, you know? cool. I think we should, yeah. uh, 
when we wrap the podcast up, maybe uh, I'll share the link to the KR page there with that sure. that information, and uh, that'll work great. Maybe we'll put our heads together on a Facebook post of Hey, if you try these, contact sure. John. Yeah, we can do his, all those things that, uh, for his empirical yeah, I mean, research and, and, study. I don't. Yeah, I don't want any. You know, no, no one should feel obligated to have to do that at all. Um, I what I what I just you know I hope that people would shoot it. I hope that they would uh, use it as a you know uh, a realistic asset. Like if you can shoot it and clean it, like dude, that was easy. I'm like great. Then you are a, a much more proficient level of skill. That's fantastic. Good for you, right? If you can't pass it. Don't be defeated by it. Use it as the thing to like start analyzing. Okay, well, you know, where, where do I need work? What do I need to work on? And let's get you to that, right? And if it helps, find a good instructor and do all that kind of stuff to make it happen. So I'd rather people just shoot it and use it as their own measure of self-improvement and a way for them to just get better. Um, data is nice, but I'd rather people just get better, you know? That's a good place to end. Thanks, John Dobb. Always a pleasure getting to shoot with John Dobb and getting to talk to him. Man, is a wealth of information. Uh, go to krtraining.com and uh, if you download those that uh, minimum competency PDF and you decide to take a notion to shoot it, um, you know, or attempt it, let John know what the results were, right? Him and Carl are, uh, they are some data monsters, man. Reminder, check out our newest sponsor, KSG Armory. Knowledge, skills, and gear. KSG Armory. At, uh, excuse me, the weather is bad here in Oklahoma. Uh, KSG Armory holsters, Kydex holsters. Uh, great Made in America products, right? EDC Belt Company at edcbeltco.com and CCW Safe. Save 10% off your membership by using code off duty 10. Also, Guardian Conference, I didn't mention in the pre-show, is right around the corner. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. The Off Duty On Duty Podcast is a production of Eastridge Training and Consulting LLC. Eastridge Training and Consulting LLC presents the following content for educational purposes only. Always take proper precautions, follow all firearm safety rules, consult with a competent firearms instructor, and have trained medical staff on hand when operating live firearms. Legal content, commentary, or explanations do not constitute legal advice. We are not attorneys and recommend always consulting with competent legal counsel when researching or seeking to understand laws and legal application. Eastridge Training and Consulting LLC, its participants, partners, and affiliates are not liable for any action taken based on the content of this shared podcast.